truly blessed today I had to go to a meeting over in Splendora a while ago and uh, I have learned a lot a lot a lot about things and in, in uh, 11 years of ministry nine years of full-time ministry I remember there's been many times that we try to fight these battles on our own and we lose and and we feel like we're losing but you know the battle is not ours the battle is the Lord's and I'm learning that and uh, well there was a first grade class in Splendor that had uh, decided that they were going to go on a nature retreat and they were going to go zip lining and they found a zip lining place at a, at, a, at, a, at a church camp and the church camp said yeah bring the kids well someone called in on the school and they made a decision at the school not to allow the kids to uh, participate there and they found something else for them to do 
And so an uproar started, the superintendent, everybody's mad. And Well, they picked another venue for the kids to go to, which was Incredible Pizza. Well, if anybody knows the Incredible Pizza people, they're the biggest Christians I know. They got peace fishes and crosses and have a church right next door. They love Jesus. They, they do a lot for churches, do a lot in this community. So, again, Nanana Boo Boo Devil, we still won. We, the kids got to go to Incredible Pizza, and uh, <laughs> I know that was a good time, especially if they rode those cars there. You know, I like to ride those cars there. But when I got there to that meeting a while ago, I... Uh, I begin to feel the frustrations on the Christians. I feel your frustrations. It feels like everybody else has got a voice but us. It feels like everybody else gets a win but us. But that's not true, guys. God loves each and every one of us. And he sent his one and only son that whosoever shall believe in him shall have everlasting life. What takes place in these schools I believe that we need to have a voice. I believe we need to stand up for it. But I believe it's only going to get worse before it gets better. I believe that the Christian today, uh, he really needs to be more of a believer in Jesus Christ than to walk around with the title Christian. I believe that with all my heart and soul, that the word Christian is so loosely used by so many people that... The person in this church tonight really needs to be a believer. They need to be a sold-out believer in Jesus Christ, that no matter what's happening, that he is in control. I, I saw the Christians in the meeting begin to look like a lynch mob, and they looked like they were going to go after the superintendent lady. Like they, they were going to get mad. They really didn't, but I could just feel my frustrations over 11 years of ministry and nine years of full-time ministry. How many times I've had to stand up for these kids in this school and stand up in this community and holler, Jesus, 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 but nobody's listening. Brothers and sisters, he's listening to our cries. Don't you think one second he's not. He hears us when we pray. Don't you think one second he's not. Don't you think that he don't love you tonight because he does. He is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die for you. So as I've seen the frustrations on the people and I've seen the poor little superintendent saying, look, my hands are kind of tied. My hands are kind of tied. I, you know, uh, it's state. This is a state-funded program. It's not a religious organization. We have to kind of go by guidelines. And you and I are saying, listen, we all got to make a stand. We all got to make a stand. One day we're all going to have to make a choice. Choose this day who you're going to serve. But she weighed the pros and cons. One person wrote a letter, and one person said, if you take those kids over there, we're going to sue the school. That's a Christian place. That's a cross over there. I saw the peace fish. You go, she made a choice not to tie the school up in a lawsuit. Most of the time, those are just bully tactics to scare people. You know, most of the time. But when you are sitting at the top of the food chain, and you have to make the best decision, you have to make the best decision for the school. And I understand that. I told the people as they looked like they were getting angry and getting frustrated, I said, listen, the fight is not with her. The fight is with the system. And we got to stand up against the system. And the system is being failed because you and I don't go vote. There are 8,000 people in this community that are registered to vote. And only 1,000 voted. Last time. 1,000 out of 8,000 voted. Where were you at? Oh, you were working? Where were you at? Oh, you was too busy. Oh, uh, I was going uh, to miss my program. Where was you at? You know, 8,000 can be a voice. 1,000 is just a little whisper. We need to stand up, folks. We need to stand up and be a voice for Christ. We do, we do right now for our kids, for this next generation. I know it's only going to get worse before it gets better, but we can't stand up and hate. We can't stand up and hate that superintendent. We can't stand up and hate those teachers and people who are following the law. Because let me make something else clear. Yes, you have to make a stand, but you've got to follow the law. Bible says, render under Caesar what is Caesar's. That means you can be the biggest eyebrow beaten Christian in the world but if you ain't rendering under Caesar what is Caesar's then you're not following God's law either you're just a brow beating righteous Christian 
I don't want to be a brow-beating, righteous Christian. I want to be a believer in Jesus Christ, knowing that if i got to do what they say it's going to do, maybe something somehow is going to change where I can be freely, 100% serving Christ the way I want to. One thing I learned, let me teach you something in case you got kids in school. Let me teach you something. Let me teach you something. If they open it up and say, yes, they can go there. Yes, they can go there and preach the gospel. Yes, I'll let the kids go to the church and slide down the zip line. Yeah, I'll let them do all those things. That's cool. But then they got to say, they got to go to the atheist church too. What you do for one, you got to do for all. They got to go to the atheist church. They got to go to the church of Lucifer that they opened up in spring. You're going to do it for one. That's the way they're going to start seeing it. That's the way it is. So they say no to all things to keep from having to do those things. I'm trying to make you understand what I've learned in 11 years. So I, I, I tried to be a different person in this meeting a while ago. I shifted the blame off of this lady and onto the system. And why has the system failed? Because the Christians, the believers, don't do and go and stand up. For what is right. Guys, we got to quit being sheep and start being lions. You know, we were sheep when we were lost, but now we need to start being lions once we're found. The Bible says that he's going to come back for the lion of the tribe of Judah. What kind of tribe is it going to be? A tribe of sheep? No, it's going to be a tribe of lions. You and I need to have a roaring voice. A voice that roars out of love, Amanda. We can't just go out there and be a roaring hate voice. We can't just roar and stand and try to get that superintendent fired and everybody fired that don't believe the way that we do. That voice needs to be a voice of love, but it needs to be a voice that's commanded and listened to. If I want her to hear me, I raise my voice. If I want my children to hear me, if I want you to hear me, I raise my voice because I have a lying voice. It's a voice that carries. All of you have it. Don't look, sit here and look like you don't because I've seen y'all at y'all's kids' things. I know how y'all act sometimes. I've seen y'all out here. You better sit down. You better act right. I'm going to snatch you. I see how you get. But I was thinking about it today. Can I win this superintendent over by going against her? Or can I win her over in love? Can I tell her it ain't her fault? It was allowing evil into this world when we took the first bite out of the apple. Sin entered into this world, and now we're paying for it, guys. We're paying for it because we broke God's laws, and these laws now are being set up against us. Men can go in women's bathrooms, and women can go in men's bathrooms, and whatever you feel like doing that today is okay with everybody. Well, we all say, well, that's not okay. Well, what you going to do about it? Because it's just happening everywhere right now, and there's nothing you can do about it except for don't go nowhere. Stay at home. Be a hermit. Pray, and, or you can say, you know what, guys? I'm going to act right. I'm going to live right. I'm going to show my kids what a man and a woman looks like. I'm going to hold my wife's hand in public. I'm going to kiss her. I'm going to show them affection because two dudes shouldn't be holding hands and showing affection. Or women... But if we show them, if we stand up, we be believers in what's right. You know, I used to have a big group of homosexuals that come to this church. They don't come anymore because they got offended by that. I didn't try to offend them by that. I just want to stand up for what's right. I'm not trying to offend anybody tonight. I love everybody. I think everybody should come to church because where does people get saved? In church. I believe that we should open up the doors and allow every sin and everybody in here in hopes to change them. The other day, there were these little redneck kids, and man, they came over here, and they were flying some rebel flags on their truck, and I was like, oh, good night. What they doing, man? They're rolling up here, and I pulled up aside and said, guys, what you doing? Oh, we come to play basketball. I said, man, I got to move some cows and things in a minute. Can you give me about 10 minutes? Can you give me about 10 minutes, and let me get these cows moving? You guys are more than welcome to play basketball here, and they said, sure. You know what? They honored this pastor. They honored. They went across the street. They sat at the dollar store, and they said, they waited for me to get done doing what I had to do, and they came back with their rebel flag flying, with their same mindset, but maybe with a different point of view. I didn't judge them. 
Maybe they'll show up. Maybe they're here tonight. Maybe you were a racist once. Maybe you hated the police once. Maybe, maybe, maybe you couldn't stand, maybe you couldn't stand the drug addicts, but now your daughter's one, or your husband's one, or your family member's one, and now you're praying that they'll just get delivered. Things change when we begin to change our mind. I began to listen to my pastor friend that went with me. I began to listen to myself, and I was like, dude, you're pretty smart. I was like, I don't usually do that. I usually feel like I'm the dumbest guy in the room. But today I felt like, you know what? God has really showed me something. God has really showed me something. That if we'll love everybody, the rest of the things will take care of themselves. If we'll stand up and not be sheep and, and maybe be a lion, a lion that loves. See, a lion don't always have to roar, guys. He's already intimidating. Me and Mary go to some parties sometimes, and we got some church members, and we love them. And, and I remember one time we went to a party that they were having, and they invited us, but it was one of them cordial invites. Hey, Pastor, we're having a get-together at our house. You want to come? Okay, we'll try to stop by. Well, I guess they forgot they either invited me or didn't think I'd come. Well, me and Mary showed up. And, man, they were having the time of their life, man. And we showed up, and I pulled up, and, man, they was all drinking a cold one. Remember that, Mary? They was all drinking a cold one. We walked into the living room. We knocked on the door. We walked in, and everybody went like this. Whoop. <laughs> we didn't change who we were. We didn't start preaching to them. We didn't get our Bibles out and say, kumbaya, let's have a party. We loved them right where they were. We loved them right where they were. Nobody drank another drop while we were there, so we stayed a couple of hours. <laughs> that beer was getting cold before we left. <laughs> but we loved them right where they were. We loved them right where they were. God's love does two things. It changes people or it makes them real uncomfortable. It changes people, converts them, or makes them real uncomfortable, and they leave. Either one I'm happy with today. So if a transgender person walks in the bathroom where I'm at, and I just start loving them, one thing is going to happen there. <laughs> Maybe that shouldn't go down like that. I don't know. <laughs> but what would I do? What would I do? Would I go all 1991 on them? Or would I show them God's love? Probably the same love I show them if they walked in this church, all self-righteous person. I'd put my arms around them and I'd try to love them. I led a kid to school to, to the Lord several years back. His dad was a pastor and his mother started our youth program and they were the first person who helped us get true love weights together at our church. And I led their son to the Lord. He was a he was gay. And it was a proud moment for me. I never disrespected him. I never shunned him. I loved him like I loved every one of them teenagers. And I led him to the Lord. You know, there comes a time where we really got to love people. Quit talking about it. Start doing it. Where does it start? It starts at home. And then it branches outside the home. We can get so self-righteous that we forget that our kids ain't perfect. We can get so self-righteous that we forget that we're not perfect. We can get so self-righteous and we'll think we're the only ones in town that don't sin when the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There are many a days where that door is open at 8 o'clock in the morning. That door is mandatory, unlocked at 8 o'clock in the morning, and it ain't locked till dark. Why? Because many a days this old pastor had to hit the altar. And I'm not ashamed to tell you because I'm not perfect. But I know the one is, and if I make peace with him, then I can get back up and be clean again, be whole again, and get back out and love like I'm supposed to love. I, I hadn't even begun to preach. This has nothing to do with my message except for the love part. But I was thinking, when I left there today, I felt better about the way I left that meeting than I left a lot of others when I went in just screaming and shouting, trying to get my own way. Today I decided to let God have his way. You know what, we probably got somebody on our side. Somebody thinks a little better about Caney Creek Cowboy Church. Thinks a little bit better about this ministry, what we're doing. You know, I found out today that 
Some didn't like the fact that we had cowboy hats on in church and liked the fact that, you know, am I to go debate with them? We wear a cowboy hat or we don't wear a cowboy hat? To me and you, it don't really matter. What matters is what God sees. But out of respect for them, I... Why? Because I'd like to see them in church. I'd like to see them closer to the Lord. Hey, I, I, I look good with or without it. I do. I tell myself that anyway, Chuck. You looking at me all cockeyed over there, Chuck. I think I look good with or without it. It was very uncomfortable. But I didn't want nobody else to feel uncomfortable. I didn't want them to miss the message because I was wearing a hat. I don't want to miss the opportunity of somebody getting saved I'm serving with in the concession stand because I look at them for their tattoos. I'm preaching way over y'all's heads. But we look at people because they got a nose ring or an eyebrow ring or blue hair or purple hair, and we start to pass judgment on them. Guys, we got to get to that point where we love people. We hate the sin. We hate the sin. We hate the liar. We hate the thief. We hate the homosexuality. We hate all that stuff. We hate the devil's guts. We hate the devil's guts. Don't get my message twisted. I hate him. I hate what he stands for. I hate what he does in my life. I hate what he does in your life. I hate the things that he controls. And you go back and you look at porno. And you go back to who you used to be. When there's such a big God that can deliver us. I hate the devil. But I love people. I love you ladies. Ain't nothing I wouldn't do for you. I love you. Every one of you. Just like you love one another. You do. It's a cool place we have. It's like we love our kids, but sometimes we don't like what they do. Sometimes we can't stand what they got involved in. It's the truth. We love the people, but we hate the devil. Can I say this to you tonight? I don't even know if I'm going to get on this thing tonight. He is our enemy. He is our enemy. He is our number one enemy. And we got to stop him. We got to stop him. If there was somebody trying to get in your house and trying to hurt your wife, would you not try to stop them men? Let me hear you. Would, you. would you try to stop them or would you say, come on in, dude. Ball game's on. Get you one. There's some Dr. Pepper over in the fridge. Or would you try to stop him? Wives, let me just, I don't think my men even hear me tonight. I think they're just sleeping. Let me talk to the wives. If you knew that Jezebel devil was trying to get a hold of your hunky stud husband, Would you fight her, him, the devil, whatever manifest he comes in with everything inside of you to keep that stud? Yeah. There's some woken up tonight. Let me do you one better. Let me do you one better. What if they're trying to hurt your kids? You have an enemy. He is your number one enemy. And he's going to stop at nothing to destroy you. His only job is to seek, kill, and destroy. And boy, he's got him. He's lining them up. Pow, 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 pow. He's killing them off, left and right. But he ain't going to get me because I hate him and I'm going to fight him. I'm going to fight him with everything I have. I'm going to fight him on my knees. I'm going to fight him by going to meetings. I'm going to fight him by writing letters. I'm going to fight him by living right. I'm going to fight him by loving those that are unlovable. Huh? Say that with me. Loving those that are unlovable. Oh, y'all don't even get that, do y'all? I'm going to fight him by loving those that are unlovable. I'm going to pray for my enemies, those who persecute me. I'm not going to try to slice their tires like I did a few weeks ago. I mean, I mean a few years ago. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just got that mixed up. Sorry. My bad. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. Somebody have a leak on their tired or looking at me, ain't they? <laughs> but I've learned, my friends, that the greatest commandment in all the Bible is to love. It's not to stay out of trouble, quit drinking, stop doing meth. Those are all great things to do. 
But the greatest commandment is to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. And the second is to love your neighbor. And it says to love your neighbor as yourself. You see, the greatest commandment is in the scripture. It should be in our heart. When others see us loving each other as defined in the Bible, they will see the Father. They will see Jesus. Today, Holly, I was on my way to Brother John's memorial service. I went home, took a shower. I was getting ready. I was coming back. I was running late, and, and I was in a hurry. I, I, I just kind of go on panic mode till things start. Anybody who served with me know how I am. So I go on panic mode, and I'm in a hurry. And Miss Linda is broke down on the side of the road. I see her Suburban sitting there on the side of the road. And I, and I pull up, and, I, and I'm driving, and, I, and you know, I, I'm not going too fast, maybe 75, and uh, in a 55, I don't know. And uh, I'm trying to get here, and, and, I, and I'm saying, I wonder if that's Miss Linda's Suburban. I wonder if that's Miss Linda's Suburban. Um, that is Miss Linda's Suburban. Yeah, handicap sticker in the window. Yeah, that's Joe. I threw that in for free. Is there a handicap sticker in your window? Is that for Joe? Oh, for your mom? Well, let's just say it's for Joe. <laughs> Sounds better. But I drove by and I couldn't see because the tent was in the windows. But the other day, God showed me that same sticker in the window. I said, oh, that's Miss Linda. I love Miss Linda so much that I had to stop what I was doing, turn around, and go back and help her. Well, about the time I whipped around, she just passed me. I was like, what in the world were they doing on the side of the road, taking pictures of blue bonnets? What in the world is, here I am being loving, kind, compassionate, and they passed me. And then Miss Linda had the decency to tell me, hey, Brother Mark, thank you for stopping and checking on me. Sorry you got behind that real slow driver. I guess she had looked back in her rearview mirror and seen I got behind a 100-year-old lady. who looked like she was all dressed up, so I figured she was heading to the funeral so I couldn't pass her. But I just wanted you to know, Miss Linda, that I love you so much that I couldn't leave you out there. If my son were gay, I'd hope that somebody would love him so much that they wouldn't leave him out there. If one of you committed a sin so bad and we can name them because there's a lot of them. I would pray that somebody wouldn't leave you out there and not love you and try to restore you. But that's what the Christians have become, Richard. They've become so unloving. They've become so hateful. That's what they have become. Who has experienced that? Norman, you experienced that in your last church where they could just not care at all. If my daughter or my son or my grandkids were out of church, away from God, I would pray that someone would turn around, put their eyes on this. I love them enough. I'm going to visit with them. I'm going to hand them a track. I'm going to invite them to church. I'm going to do something kind for them. I'm preaching way better than you're listening. God wants us to believe in him and love others like we're supposed to tonight. You know, God wants us to be a vessel of this type of love. Everywhere Jesus went, divine love poured out of him. He loved people no matter what. When we let this kind of covering, I, 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 I wore this jacket because my friend gave it to me. And I know that people were smirking at me. What's he all dressed up for on Wednesday night? No, 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 I don't care what you think. But I wore it as an example tonight, Miss Connie. It says in the Bible, it says, cover yourself with love. Cover yourself with love. Cover yourself with compassion. I want to be so covered in God's love that it, just, it just pours out of me. It just exfoliates out of me. Is that a big word for me? I don't even know what it means, but I hope it's the right one. <laughs> I hope it just like... Phew, that guy is so loving. 
That guy is so kind. That guy is so compassionate. You know, I don't even want that for me. I want it for all of us tonight. I want Danny to be so loving, so kind, so compassionate that he's just covered in it and it just overflows out of every pore of his body. You know, when we let love cover us completely, no matter what the situation, no matter what's around us, when we learn to lean on Jesus and his strength and his ability for that kind of love, it'll transform us from who we used to be to where we're supposed to be. Several years ago when I was in Waco, we had a little Mexican restaurant that we stopped out called Angelina's Mexican Restaurant. Oh, we loved that place. They was lived in Golson. We lived in Golson. I always took employees there, me and Mary and the boys. We went there all the time. I was thinking about this today as I pulled over Miss Linda and started to think about this and started thinking about the conversations that I used to have with her about God and, and uh, how we just start talking about God and how she was so involved in her church and we had just got saved and we were so... Anybody ever really get excited about God? And there might be some here tonight that have lost that excitement. They've lost that love. They've lost that appetite for Him. And I pray tonight that you would just find it. There's no other feeling I've ever had in my entire life. He's the best drink I ever took of. He's the best thing I ever put in my body. So I was thinking about Angelina, and I was thinking about taking the kids and wife there and my friends and my employees. But I think about the times I went by myself, and we would talk about the Lord. And she would tell me about the things that were going on at her church, and I'd tell her about the things that were going on at my church. And we'd just get so excited. And this happened all the time. I went every day just about. Well, one day I had an appointment, and I couldn't go get me a breakfast taco and a glass of tea. That's how I started my day. Well, the next day I showed back up, and she said, you're not going to believe this. I said, what? She said, one of my employees, he don't speak any English at all. But I guess he watches you and me have these conversations about God. And he asked where I was the day before. Well, why would he ask where I was the day before? She said, I don't know. But this is what he said. Where's the man who has God in his eyes? In Spanish, he said, where's the man who has God in his eyes? You know, when I roll up on a teenager, a kid, a person in trouble, I want to see God in me. I want to see his love just pouring out of me. I don't want to do it for money. I don't want to do it for fame or fortune. My favorite times are when nobody knows it all. You know, where's the guy that's got God in his eyes? Where are you tonight with God? I told my wife, I, maybe I shouldn't tell this, but I told my wife, I said, sometimes I just don't like people. I said, I just can't stand them. They're so judgmental and so critical. If you don't do things their way, they're so chastising and rude and hateful. Sometimes I just can't stand people. She said, what are you talking about? I said, I'm just being real with you. I just can't stand people sometimes. I don't want to do nothing for them. I don't want to do a funeral. I don't do a wedding. I don't want to do a message. I don't want to do a bull riding. I don't want to do a roping. I don't want to, I don't want to do it because of people... Sometimes I just can't stand people. She said, honey, come on now. I said, no, I'm being real. Because sometimes the Christians are the most unloving people I've ever met in my life. The most ungrateful people I've ever met in my life. And they show it in their character and their text messages and how they talk and how they treat. That sometimes you can't even stomach them. What they say about you behind your back. What they say about me and my family behind my back. Sometimes you just can't stomach it. Sometimes I just can't stand people. But I couldn't stand for people to die and go to hell on my watch more than I can't stand people. Maybe you can't stand that person that you work with. That you live by. That you're married to. But could you stand to see them go to hell? You know what? Let's try to win them all over. Because the people that I used to couldn't stand, I really love them now. 
They're a weird bunch. <laughs> a unique bunch. A crazy bunch. But they're an outstanding bunch. I couldn't stand to see none of them go to hell. Not on my watch. Not as long as I could love them. Give my time, my talent, my treasure. You know, somewhere right now, there's somebody who needs Jesus. And you have him. Or you're supposed to. Or you have hate in your heart. And your father is the devil. I heard someone the other day telling a lie. I didn't call them on their lie. I just prayed that they would stop lying. Because the Bible says if you tell lies, your father is the devil. I just stopped right then and there and I started praying for them. Boy, if you're a liar and all you do is lie and all you do is tell lies and all you do is just lie and lie and lie, your father's the devil. I just started praying for them, Harry. I got scared for their soul. I mean, I was sweating thinking about that person that coming to my church that lies all the time. I was thinking about them going to hell because their father is the devil. And all they got to do is repent and stop lying. I was actually sweating thinking about them. I wanted to say, stop your stinking lying. But then I remembered I used to lie. And I remember I used to tell the big ones. I remember who I used to be, and I thought, well, if I condemn them right now, then I may lose them right now. But if I pray for them right now, then I may win them over. If I turn them over to God, then God might turn them loose from that spirit that is captivity in their lives and their, their ways of living. You know, I ain't trying to preach that we're all perfect, we're ever going to be. But as I can't stand people sometimes, whoo, watch this bombshell I'm going to drop you. I can't stand people sometimes, but people are the most important thing to God. People are the most important thing to God. Think about that when you can't stand somebody. Think about that when you hate somebody. Think about that when you lose your cool on somebody. That people are the most important thing to God. That God so loved the world, the people in it, that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Scott, grab this in your mind. Suck it up right now. That God loves people people the most important thing to him is not how much money we make where we live our business growing what i did last sunday what a great message i preached the most important thing to him is how i love those people how i treated those people did i disrespect them did i shun them did i browbeat them did i act like i was better than them did i show them that my way is the only way people are the most important thing to god and people ought to look to us and see God in our eyes. People ought to look to you and to me and not see a hateful person, a deceitful person, but they ought to see God. They ought to be able to look at you and they ought to be, no, you ought to, can I say this? I link up with people all the time. I do, I link up, with, I say this a lot. I'll link up with another spirit. Man, we'll take off and do some great things for God. God links up people. It could be at the Home Depot, the Lowe's. It could be at work. It could be around the block. It could be when you leave here, your eyes will lock up with theirs. You link up. You know you're supposed to say something. You know you're supposed to do something. You know you're supposed to partner for something. You link up. The most important thing to God is not how much money's in my pocket. If I drive a Ford or Dodge, a Chevy or a Mopar, that's not the most important thing to God. Whether I got the best roping horses or I can ride the baddest bull. If I got the coolest Harley over everybody's Harley, I got the baddest. That's not the most important thing to God. The most important thing to God are people and how we treat those people.
When you figure that out, you'll become somebody. You'll become somebody in Christ when you figure that out. See, I figured out that I must let my old ways die and my new ways arise. Because my old ways didn't like anybody. But my new way understands God's way, and God's way is to love. There is no other way. Well, I'm going to love them if. Quit taking the if off. Take the if off. I'm going to love them if they do this, 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 and this. Well, what if God said, I'm going to love you if you. If you do this, I'll love you. If you do everything you're supposed to, I'll love you. If you don't think a bad thought, if you don't, if you, I was talking about tithing. What if God said, I'll love all those if they tithe? Some of us would be in trouble tonight. What if God said, I'll love all those if they don't cuss? Some of us would be in trouble tonight. God takes the if out of the equation. And he says, I love the people so much that I gave my only son. I like to tell people he didn't have two or three sons. He had one son. And he loved him so much. But he said, I love those people. Jesus, will you go get them and bring them back to me? And he did. He got me. I was one lost person. And I went to a church full of suit and tie people. And I thought I was out of place. I felt uncomfortable. I, I felt like a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. I didn't like it. I didn't feel comfortable. But you know what? Those people were covered in love. How do I know that? Because they love Mark Grimes, a sinner, a wretched sinner just like me. And they accepted me. Let me share another secret with you. How much time I got? Ten minutes. Love is more than a feeling. Grab this. Grab this. Love is more than a feeling. If it was only a feeling, why can't we get that good-looking girl to fall in love with us? Or that good-looking guy. We'll wait for him to feel that all the time. He ain't going to feel that. Love is more than a feeling. Well, I'll love them when they start feeling that way about me. Love is not a feeling, guys. Love is a choice. Love is a choice. Tony, you had to fall in love with, you had to fall in love with Josh, but you had to stay in love with Josh. You've got to make a choice that every day he's going to be your husband. And no matter what he does, that you're going to love him. It's a choice. Amy, you've got to make a choice to love Brian. All of his hair is falling out. And I don't know how you can just sit there without a cap on, boy. What you doing? Huh? You've got to make a choice to love him. Make it. It's not a feeling. It's not a feeling. That's called lust. Easy for you to understand. Maybe somebody over 21. We lusted after a lot of things in this world. I know I did. But boy, I made a choice to follow Christ. And I made a choice to love him. And I'm still making that choice today. And it's the best choice I ever made in my entire life. See, love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. It is a choice. We made a vow till death do us part. That was a choice. We think about that all the time. Do we make the right choice? Do we make the wrong choice? We choose to stay in love. Stay married. Stay together. Even though it ain't easy. And I don't know any perfect marriages. You got a perfect marriage, stand up. I'll tell you to sit back down because your spouse is looking at you like you're retarded. <laughs> that's, why, that's why the Bible says, I'm going to back this up and I'm done. Listen, that's why the Bible says to put on a garment of love. Look at Colossians 3.14. Read that with me. Colossians 3.14, I'm done. Anybody getting anything out of this? I still got three pages to go, but I'm not going to get there tonight. I'm just going to ask you to do what God says for you to do. You see, I can't wait for a feeling to motivate me. I just choose love. If we did, we'd be waiting forever, folks. Instead, every day I must focus on the fact that we need to walk in love. I made a decision several years ago that I would spread love. And I'd encourage people. Even when I didn't feel like it. And I'm still doing that today. I discipline out of love. I walk away out of love. 
I'm clothed in love, and you need to be clothed in love. And the Bible says to put on the garment of love, Colossians 3, 14. Above all, clothe yourself with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Eleven years ago, I made a decision to love like I never loved before. And I learned that love is patient. Woo, with people, boy, you got to be patient. Touch somebody and say, I'm patient with you. Anybody ever let me marry them, you'll hear me say this, love is patient. You got to be patient with, 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 with somebody if you're going to love them. You got to be patient with your church family if you're going to love them. You got to be patient with your pastor. Patience with, with your pastor's wife. Patient with people. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13 that love is patient. And then he says this, that love is kind. What does the word kind mean? That I show kindness. I think Candy Creek Cowboy Church does that really well. Love being patient, love being kind. We wrap our arms around people. It kills me when we have a guy like Kingdom Dog Ministry come, and which was awesome and great, but we didn't have time to do a meet and greet. I didn't like that, but I know sometimes I can't allow for that. But that's why I love us to get together and we get to hug one another's neck. I don't like it the perverted way, but I like it the, hey, the good, I love you, Christian brother or sister way. Not the... It says that love does not envy. What does envy mean? You know what it means, jealous. Jealous, because this one's getting this, or this one ain't getting it. Jealous, jealous, jealous. You know, I, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not, what, boast. Well, I'm better than you, Scott. I'm more loving than you. No, I'm not. We can both be that loving. We both can be that good of husbands to our wives. We both can be that good of fathers to our children. I'm not going to boast. I don't want to boast. You shouldn't brag about how much you love people, how much you give, how much you, you support, how much you come to church. Love ain't bragging. I might brag on her, but I show it when I'm not here. She might brag on me, but she shows it when she's not here. You can do all that in public, but behind closed doors is when it really counts. It keeps no record of wrongs. Wow. Wow, write that down. Go get a tattoo and put that on your arm. Love keeps no record of wrongs. It delights in truths. That's what it says. I'm reading right out of the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects. We talked about that. It always trusts God. We talk about that. It always hopes it's in Jesus. It always preserves. It'll be there until we get to heaven. And love never fails. Never fails. You can win a whole lot of arguments by loving them. What are you saying, Brother Mark? Sometimes it's not even worth the fight. Why am I going to lose her? Why am I going to lose him? Why am I going to lose them kids? That ain't easy, folks, but it can be done. If God can change one of us, he can change all of us. I told the church today when we had Brother John's service, that I inspired to be like John. He had a smile that lit up a room. He was sweet, kind, compassionate, funny. But more than that, he finished in love. By loving his Lord and Savior and loving others. By stuffing candy and rolling tacos and doing whatever he could all of his life. If John and Betty can serve, don't tell me why you can't. How much do you love God? If John and me and you and some of you can love other people, then why can't all of us? Don't tell me you can't because God sent his only son down. I'm done. Hope you got something out of this tonight.
Could anybody really be real tonight to challenge you tonight to really be real? That you sometimes struggle loving people? Anybody? Somebody put two hands up. <laughs> you must really got it bad. <laughs> it can be done. But we need Jesus' help. Maybe a struggle in some areas of our own lives that make us unlove ourselves. But God's madly in love with us, so we need to quit being mad at ourselves for the things we did in our past. The only way I've ever came up in this ministry and in this world is through love. I'm going to leave you with that thought. The only way I've gotten anything done around here is in love. The only way. I hope you see God in my eyes, my action, in my heart. And if you don't, it's because people wore me out, pray for me, that I would just get on my knees and repent and fall back in love with those people. I'll do the same for you tonight. That I would see God in your eyes. This church should be packed Sunday because God's using you through your eyes, through, through the love that you have for him to invite somebody, to encourage somebody, to lift someone up. When was the last time you really did that? Do that. Look them in the eye and say, I love you. Come to my church. Come hear about my Jesus. They may not come the first time, but if you do it again, or if life hits them by uh, hard, they'll remember the person that had God in their eyes. Where's the man with God in his eyes? I think they had the coffin. I think they had the coffin right here. I think it was like somewhere right here and it had the American flag over it and it had John in there and his eyes were closed. When I saw him at the hospital, he was gone. There was no spirit left in his body. But his eyes were still open. I could see God in his eyes with no life in his body. God is real. And he loves you. And he'll forgive you. He'll restore you. I want to encourage you to love him and love others like you're supposed to. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we come before you tonight, Lord. Thank you for John. Thank you for that smile, that laughter, that sparkle in his eye. Just made me hungry again today to just want to be uh, all that I can be for you, Lord. I want us all as a church body, as believers, not Christians, but believers in you, to find that light, that, that fire, that passion, that zeal, and let us show it to other people. I want you to breathe one second. Every head bowed and every eye closed. When you open your eyes, I want you to see people the way that Jesus sees them. I want you to see people the way that Jesus sees them. From this day forward, I challenge you to see your family, your friends, your co-workers, and your enemies the way that Jesus sees them. You'll come up higher than you've ever been. In Jesus' name, remove our pride. Remove our selfishness. Stomp out our flesh when we begin to grow in hate. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Somebody give God a praise. Amen. Bless.